Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my brother and co-host, Jesse Gleason. Good evening, everyone. And with us on the line, as usual, is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. That sounds like you just huffed duster. Not that I have experience with that. I was, tra- I was trying to put the math together there, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Certain crowds I used to hang out with. Yeah, they're probably not good people. Uh, I mean, <laughs> why is that a Florida thing, them, Duster? I don't know. Most, it's, most of them might be dead these days. It's probably uh, what? What the hell is that? We're from the Northeast. We're not from Florida, so we don't know what that is. Is it like what Duster is? Yeah, we're not drug people. Oh, it's Jeez. The, what kind of degenerates do you think I. we are? Computer duster. Do yeah, we? it's just a computer duster. <laughs> oh, people, it's the stuff people, people huff, huff that it. crap. It's God what Tally huffed. Oh, Remember? what who who huffed? Tally South Park on South Park. Oh God, <laughs> over that episode, that was good. Yeah. Jeez, I didn't know. Oh, uh, no wonder there's a giant warning on it. Anyway, I I I don't know. I just pull me out of the nearest Catholic school because I'm freaking sheltered or some shit all right yeah welcome after to the, the show after the episode you're gonna go in the back closet and be like where's a can of duster let me try this. i know i got some and then I'll, you'll see me in the hospital because my lungs will have collapsed or something because that's stupid uh, <laughs> welcome to the show this week uh let's see i, I was gonna say you could view us over at youtube.com slash sid's view but that's kind of on pause until uh a little later on because sid's a little busy and uh we're not really uh, in the position. We're to not video edit. editors. We're, well, we can do it, but we're really. I'm a video editor. We just well, don't I have time. I refuse <laughs> because I have no time to do it. It's so difficult. I have my own YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash Brent Gleason. That like I do it's my... even less views than the show. Right. And I get, uh, actually, <laughs> Sorry, no, some, Brent. well, it depends on the video I put yes. out because some of them like, went like gangbusters and some just kind of really suck. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I do that on the side. I work. Jesse works nonstop. Jesse drives a brown truck to deliver bound boxes. Right. And then Phil, who I the hell knows? A brown truck. Yeah, right. I so sit on my couch and watch YouTube all day. It's just really... At uh, least that's what my friends think. Right. Well, it's, like I said, it's kind of hard for us three to do it. Maybe someday we'll find an easier way to do it and just slap it on there, but... My apologies. If I knew to... how to use Premiere Pro better, I have time to do it. I oh, just... I, I use the most cheapo off-brand stuff, and my stuff ends up looking. I can like barely it. do what so... I do with my racing videos when I do them. So... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I just I have a project inc- saved that I, actually, I accidentally put footage from a previous race in a current race. I had to redo it and re-upload it. It was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, we're not great at it. Uh, Jesse so... is, but he's too busy. So apologies to you folks. Well, you know, you'll see us later on, but. Very busy times. Who wants to see our ugly faces anyway? If you actually listen to us, you could do things instead of staring at the screen or just have it on in the background. It's the same basic thing. You can find us on every major podcast platform. If you have a smartphone, it probably comes with an app that has it. 
So you can do your honeydew list so you don't get yelled at for the 600th time. Right. If you're married, you probably own a set of you really can work nice on the race cards that are and, waiting for yeah. the last month. Well, that we're going to do anyway. That's what yeah, I but do. Every racer just procrastinates until last minute. That's what we do. That's I loaded my car into the trailer uh, in October and it sat there ever since. I haven't touched. I haven't even looked at it. Jesse, it could be worse. We could be the racers that show up and work on their cars at the track because they never pulled them out of the trailer from the previous race. There are those people. There are those people that are in the middle of changing engines with people hanging off the side of the of the open trailer, still as they're pulling uh, in, still bolting and nutting and bolting everything in there as those they're pulling in. Drive me nuts. <laughs> it is kind of funny though. <laughs> I don't know if my car needs that much work. So I'll just, you know, as long as I get a month's worth of work, I'll probably have it done, no problem. If you can't show up at the track, set pressures and set the bar and go out for practice, I'm sorry, you're not ready to race. I mean, that's my opinion. Well, yeah, but that's we usually start this off with personal updates, and I think we've already gone into that. Uh, but anyway, I do have news. I'm cutting, I'm cutting down on my beer intake. Uh, I'm going to only drink four beers. <laughs> that's but a taller one. That's a 25 ounce can, dude. Listen. <laughs> you can't just rush to solution, okay? You need small if, victories. If you can finish uh, I mean, four 25-ounce cans by the end of this show, I'll be impressed. And more 100 ounces of... Now it sounds like a dare. <laughs> it's scared for your health. Have you seen this show or listened to it lately? We can talk about it. I mean, it makes me want to drink. I mean, I, just, I could be... I'll probably get done with that by halfway. I'll just have to pee later. Which is great because the studio includes the bathroom. Uh, anyway, uh, I do have news. Remember, uh, I believe it was the first episode of season three, like what two episodes ago, where at the end I'd <laughs> I'd done the oldest boomer thing ever and was like, I'm concerned about taxes because I didn't know what the bookkeeping was like with the new uh, lessees of the Thompson Speedway where I race, and so I was kind of. Just thinking out loud, even though I had absolutely no reason to be worried in any way because it's so early into tax season, I was thinking about 1099s and writing it off as a business, you know, whatever we do as racers to try to get money back from the Schedule government. Schedule C or something. Oh, all that stuff, all the fun things. Well, I got it. So there was absolutely no reason for me to even bring it up or worry about it because these people are professionals and I got it in January. So that's pretty damn good if you ask me. Uh, anyway, I don't think that's better. really... Yes, I do, actually. Good. I, yep, good. As long as you feel better. I, I actually got one from New Smyrna, which I was a little hmm. shocked about considering they handle all their payouts in cash only. Yeah, it's... But I, I'm very happy because I know I made more than 600 bucks there this year, so... Hmm. I've... I'm, I go to work and I, I listen to people talk about like taxes and they're like, oh yeah, I just filed. I'm like, it's not it's not even the end of the January yet. Why the hell did you do that? And I then used I'm to like, do that when I didn't have a life. Yeah, and then I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, I have like all these forms I have to wait for. I have like six or seven forms to wait for. And it's like, good luck. That ain't happening. You know which one, which one I'm gladdest that I don't have to worry about anymore is, is that, that 1099 HC. I don't even know what that is. Okay, Boomer, it's explain that, will some you? Some stupid Massachusetts healthcare form you had to freaking oh, wait for every a, year. Is that a t- and it never yeah. shows up until the last fucking minute. I usually get about three of them. So. Oh, Massachusetts was freaking terrible with that crap. Florida, yeah. we live in Freedomville, USA. They don't force us to have anything we don't want. I'd say it's warm there, but it hasn't been. No, it was funny. 
fucking cold. <laughs> it's the podcast, Holy Phil. You don't God. have to worry about swearing. We can just air it. Fuck, 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 fuck. Yay. All right. So, um, yeah, yeah, I have... Wanna fuck? <laughs> Did I just say that? Oh, my God. I feel stupid. Am I slow? This is way too long enough. I think I need to stop drinking. Wait. Enough. Thank you. <laughs> We have nothing to talk about, so let's let's kill that music. Anyway, um, so anybody else have any actual personal updates before we actually do something, like move on? Nope. No? Okay, cool. Same, same shit, different day. Excellent. That's what I expected. All right, so we have another listener email from a first-time contributor. All right, so this email is from... The listener sp- number two. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Yay. We have three listeners, and we've, they've uh, shown themselves this past week. Okay, so this email is from the Speed Bull Goose, <laughs> which we'll get into later. All right, famous. I forget his handle Where's on my... Twitter. I think it's at Speed Bull Goose. It's a good parody account. I was actually yeah, contacted it's... by people from Waterford Speed Bull who go nameless. And uh, they said, who is that and what? And do we have to worry about them trashing the track and doing all these like negative things for the track? I'm like, no, no, no. It's just a laugh. Like, let could be some trouble. Come on, man. No harm, no foul. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, they're, they're essentially harmless. Don't worry about it. Thanks, man. Go see if you can get laid in a place like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, and here it is. We are all sick of listening to your desperate pleas for listener participation, so I've decided to take one for the team. Yes, that's what we've been asking for. Thank you. Um, here's a few thoughts on last week's episode. First of all, I have something to add to your speedball rumor mill. Okay, this is the word of the goose, by the way. Word on the street is that the bathrooms don't pass health inspection, as we're all shocked. Uh, so put that at the top of the list for work that needs to be done in order to open. To be fair, uh, I don't know if that's the case because those bathrooms have been under code since the mid-80s probably. And Pissing hor- in a trash can is more sanitary than those bathrooms. In the wide open. I mean, everybody complains about every bathroom at every single racetrack. Yes, so that's, you, that's all you can ever complain about. Not at Stafford. Really? I, I think they put TVs in their I'm bathroom, just, so yeah, I can't yeah, complain Stafford, about that. Stafford's got the Taj Mahal of bathrooms. Yeah, compared to the places I've been, definitely. Okay, um, so there's one track. There okay, you go. so there's like one one track out of five thousand. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they could I just actually, and they could simply truck in porta potties. That's not a big deal. They could open yeah. with that. Uh, you were gonna say something, or did I just cut you off? No, I just I I honestly don't have a problem with. Seekonk or, or Thompson either. Waterford's just a kind of sore thumb. It just doesn't seem like they've ever cared. It's never, never been. been the, pri- the built bathrooms have never really been yeah. that great. Never be been on the top of their priority list, which whatever. It really kind of sucks because if you're going to... Dude, we're dudes, okay? The 90% of our fan base is dudes. I mean, hopefully the women's bathroom is good, but we can just line up next to each other in a trough. As long as you don't have any pecker checkers, everything's going to be good. You know, I don't mind the open air Even Seekonk has a pecker It has a pecker check area, which is the friggin' uh, horse trough that's in the corner. Oh, that's the, I feel weird going so, there all the time. Like, not going in the corner. I'll go in the middle of the open. I got to be seen. I can't be, like, 
vulnerable over here. Screw that stuff. All right. Um. <laughs> oh, only only a thumb and forefinger, huh? Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> okay, little guy. <laughs> next topic the goose brings up. Uh, second, secondly, is the topic of the next modified driver to reach the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Uh, the next modified driver. Uh, okay. I would be shocked if both Ted and Doug get inducted. And I can almost guarantee that if they do, they will be the last. Hmm. Uh, Doug's only shot to make it in his previous success is... Oh, sorry, I read that wrong. I can't read my own writing here. Doug's only shot to make it in is his previous success with the Wayla Modified Tour. Let's face it, the tour is hardly competitive and will likely die in the next few years. Look me in the face and tell me that Justin Bonsignord could win a tri-track championship. Well, I could probably answer that, considering most of the big guns on the tri-track have raced in the tour, and he's beaten them. So, I mean, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I, okay, so. Justin Bonsignor could win a tri-track championship. Yeah. I don't it, see why I not. Say, I, say, I say he can. It, it just depends where you put your focus for the season. They put all their eggs clearly sure. in the modified tour basket. I don't see why they not. They put their focus solely on the tri-track and, and dedicated their resources and time to that. I They'll think, do better at that. I, I guarantee you haven't seen that car with that driver on a different thing than the tour. Yeah. And if it has, it's very rare. So yeah, I mean, you've seen... I've seen the 51 car run some off races before, but it's usually that car is usually on the tour. And as far mm, as uh, Doug's only shot, well, I mean, NASCAR is going to mostly recognize only things that label NASCAR. Okay, that's why do you think Dick Trickle's not in the Hall of Fame? Okay. I, I don't, you know, uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's won over a thousand that. races, but he's not going to be in the NASCAR Hall of Fame because. He went a heck of a lot under the NASCAR banner. Yeah, it was like Artgo and like other Artgo ASA. Yeah, Wisconsin. Well, and, and it comes down to another thing, and we discussed it before, and, and I forget who said it originally, but it comes to the one word in the name of the Hall of Fame: Fame. Doug Kobe is known in the Northeast. Where else is he known? Yeah, but he he's also known because of that SRX win too. Let's be fair. But yeah, but it, that that one win's not going to be enough to. Well, to... you also got to take into account the fact that a lot of promotion is done on social media, and if you follow NASCAR roots, you see Doug's face. That's why yeah. that's why we know everybody in the Canaan West, and, and that's I, why I we agree. know people I mean, in the Midwest. I would Midwest. like to see Doug in there, and I think seven NASCAR championships in in the modified tour is definitely enough. I thought he had six. Or six, however many it is at this point. But six I mean, is still get, enough in my mind. Yeah, but either way, like he doesn't have a ton other than that, does he? That I'm at least familiar with. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It's all NASCAR. That's all that matters. Right, but he ran at NASCAR that's tracks. Right, but that's all they care about. Yeah. I mean, Hall I don't, I don't know the extent the of his, his Hall past fame. career. Or yeah, the it's not Hall of Fame. It's not the, it's not the ASA or the Auto Racing Hall of Fame. It's the NASCAR. Right, Hall but of what fame I'm saying is, he two. spent most of his career in NASCAR divisions or at NASCAR home tracks. Right. So, how are we going to measure his success at these NASCAR home tracks in addition to the modified tours, or should we? They're not gonna. They're only going to really care about his regional touring stuff, which is the only reason why short trackers, any short trackers, are in the Hall of Fame, like Evans well, Cook, 
Um, in that case, Ted Mike. Christopher is not going to go in the Hall of Fame if he if he isn't already. I don't he remember. has a national championship though. Does a NASCAR regional or, or but like ag- local ag- level national championship hold more clout than modified tour? But again, um, it's not the NASCAR Hall of Statistics. It's the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Right. Everybody knew Ted Christopher. Everybody right. in the Cup Series, everybody in the crews, everybody in the upper levels of NASCAR. Well, he's, it's not only modifies; it's also he's also got Bush North. Oh yeah, he's right. got. But, wins but then and that stuff also that goes and, to my yeah. point where Doug Kobe necessarily doesn't necessarily get in the way we would like him to get in. He, on paper, should. But there, there's also you also don't know like what's going on down the line. They maybe they would open up to. If, if NASCAR, like, hypothetically wanted someday right. to open up the Hall of Fame be, to regional guys, to short track At, at some point, they're going to run out of big names to put it. They, they've they already op- opened up to... Oh, shit. They've already opened up to... Uh, uh, good thing I'm not recording video. <laughs> yeah, they have it. They're already opened up to the uh, Pioneers, or a.k.a. old-timers. Hmm. Right. So... I mean, I, like well. I said, I would love to see Doug get in. I think the the six championships is more than enough, but I don't think when it comes down to it that they're going to even consider him anytime soon. I, I think if, we're just kind of... If ever. I think we're just kind of running around what we said last week and making yeah. circles and tracks in the snow about here. Um, but it says... Snow? What's snow? Well, we got tons of it up here. Uh, <laughs> I think I got like well, 18... We almost in- did here. I think I got like 18 inches of snow. So um, let me get back to the email from the goose. Uh, let's see. The only t- tri-track championship. Yep. The only full-time drivers left in the tour's final season will be Catalano's one through five and Melissa Fifield. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if and the, none of them will still win a race, they'll all, yeah, something will happen. Um, That's mean. I, I actually mean. like the Catalano kids. They're fun to watch. Yeah, it is mean. Um, if the tour is dead, NASCAR will have no way to measure a modified driver's success to their standards, uh, except for the past statistics, obviously. Um, most competitive modified tracks aren't NASCAR. That's also true. Uh, no way in hell that NASCAR would induct a Matt Hirschman or Keith Rocco when their careers are all said and done. Disagree. Um, we can discuss I disagree it. on Keith Rocco because if we're going to put Ted Christopher in there based on his statistics and his uh, national championships and his notoriety and what he's known for Ted Christopher, you got to put him in the similar conversation again. We can, I mean, I mean, Keith Rocco, I would agree. We could, we could discuss, you know, probabilities of what NASCAR could do later on down the road, like making a regional hall of fame or something, you know, like that. But, um, Again, that's all speculation. We could give a we could give an argument for every single driver we know of, but we know that it's the same. The Matt Hirschman thing is exactly the same as what we were talking about with Dick Trickle. Hirschman's done really nothing in NASCAR. He does a lot of right. he does a lot of ROC, does a lot of other stuff. Doesn't do a lot of NASCAR. So why would they bring him in? It's their show. It's their circus. They're gonna elect their clowns. So it's you know it's not gonna be from outside you know forces or something. So. Yeah, but I mean, I think honestly, Matt Hirschman, if he could, if he would run the tour full time, even with one of the the, the PD car or something, 
I think he'd be competitive regularly and he could do what Doug Kobe and other people have done, but Well, there's no doubt. I mean Yeah, he just he wants to chase the money races. And that's where he got his nickname. So the only reasonable thing to do. Yeah. Uh okay, so in short, we can kiss the recognition of modified drivers on a national level goodbye. So this begs the question, how will we honor our legends when NASCAR officially snubs modified racing? That's all Goose has for now. Uh, Phil, maybe you'll have a more educated guess of who's behind the Goose now. An intellectual, but I'll forgive you, Philip, and he spelled your name wrong. Um, By the way, having proper grammar doesn't make you an intellectual. Just wanted to put that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Nor does spelling someone's name incorrectly, but that's I mean, all right. yeah, you don't know that. That's anybody could do that. But I mean, <laughs> literally everybody spells my name wrong, so I don't give him a hard time about that. So he's he asked the question: How we honor our legends when NASCAR officially snubs modified racing? I believe he's talking about the legends of modified racing that might not be in the Hall of Fame. Um, my answer to that is NASCAR. Um, to be fair. I think they would just look back at statistics to be like, oh, this was an X regional touring series. It could be any one of them. And they'll just lump all the, the statistics in and say, this person's not in the Hall of Fame. People have heard of him, right? Okay, we'll throw him in. But I don't see this happening for a very long time if they stick oh, to God, the no. format that they have now where it's like two people and a, a landmark or whatever, founding member or whatever the hell it is. So... Yeah, I have no idea what their plans are in the future. All I know is that I'm going to be driving down to North Carolina in less than a month to go check it out again. Well, why don't nice. we just make our own make our own Hall of Fame? There you go. We probably have some. I just don't think there's there's, there's got to be a short there's track a new, racing Hall of Fame. There's somewhere. a near Hall of like, Fame. Yeah, I mean, you know? there's the Motorsports Hall of Fame in Talladega, which cannot be confused with. NASCAR in any way. And I think the Motorsports Hall of Fame deserves a hell of a lot more notoriety than what NASCAR's been getting. I mean... I've ne- I never heard of the Motorsports Hall of Fame until about three or four years ago. Yeah, I'd looked it up on the internet. No, it looks I've, really I've cool. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. It looks really neat. I well, wish I could go there, but... Well, the NASCAR Hall of Fame is pretty dope. Yeah. It is it's really a nice dope. place. It is nice. They have cool exhibits. That's why I'm going back there ten years after the first time I went. Uh, anyway... Um, more news locally before we start getting into some newer stuff that's going to be coming up next week. The lessees of Thompson Speedway, which is the uh, American Canadian Tour Pro All-Star Series uh, management team, they have announced that a banquet will take place for the 2021 awards, which is last year's, on Icebreaker Weekend, Friday, April 1st, after the practice sessions have ended. Uh, details have not been released yet and are supposedly coming soon. So you get your ten ninety nine, yep, and now it. there's a banquet. Yeah, they actually thought of a way to do it because the icebreaker is like the World Series. You'll get a free practice day on Friday. World Series, I think they lump some races in, but whatever. Um, and they figured out, hey, after everybody's done, the people who, whatever, points position they'll honor to will come up to the clubhouse and do awards ceremony real quick and just be done with it, which is pretty cool. It just kind of fits them right in and... Gives them a chance to celebrate it a little bit, I guess. Are they going to actually do it at the clubhouse, or are they going to try and stick it in like one of the classrooms? Oh, who the, the hell no. Garage area? <laughs> it would be nice to put it in the clubhouse, because at least we can get some drinks or dinner or whatever the hell is going to go on. 
But I guess it's better than having nothing, so I can't really complain. Uh, I know I finished. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to see them actually do it. I I know we were questioning off the record if if it was going to actually happen at some point. Yeah. Um, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of glad. I like having a little recognition for awards for guys at the end of the year. I think it's really kind of cheesy to not do anything. You know, just not have an award ceremony. It's like you won. And then you go home. You know, it's not you get to be honored with a dinner and awards and you give a speech and all that stuff. It makes it feel incredibly special. And when you don't do that, hooray, you've saved money, but you've just like you've you've ruined a lot of the fun or the expectations or the work, you know, effort that goes into it to try to make something special. And it's no longer special now. So it's like, I, I don't know. I'm just. I want to give somebody else a chance to talk. <laughs> they have to have some thoughts on this. Nobody. I don't know. I always thought the the banquet was kind of an extra victory lap for the champions, and then it is while they're while they're rambling on about nonsense in their whole speech is a good time to go check out the bar or happy hour and order some extra I, cocktail weenies and whatnot. That's I honestly I think what it. they should do is similar to what they did at uh, Mohegan a few years ago where they brought all the champions' cars in. They should have the banquet in, like, the classroom or a garage area or some, somewhere where they can put the cars just on display for people to see or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be fun. Or I, I would love to do it up at the clubhouse. That would be a lot of fun. That way, at least the public can be involved instead of just people with a pit pass. You know, that would be fun too. Yeah. Like after practice, have the drivers roll their cars up to the clubhouse, park them in front of the clubhouse. If the weather's nice and go celebrate the champions inside. Yeah, it'd be fun. It's not going to hurt anything to, to, you know, to roll the cars up the hill. It's over the bridge and up the hill. It's nothing. Yeah. It's really not that bad, but again, I'm thankful that they thought of us for at least well instead of a lot of other people having it you know but. yeah no it's it's awesome all right so we need to preview something that we actually have a little experience with phil at least phil and i do uh next week actually this not next week it's this upcoming sunday uh because yep. well we record on monday so we're already past it so it's five days as of when we've dropped this thing away Are you is speaking about the crash at the coliseum Yes. So they're going to take time out from Daytona testing with this brand new car to go play in a football arena. They're already done. Cool. They already finished up Daytona testing. They did Phoenix testing last week. And I guess they've already gone all the way back to North Carolina and are already on the way back to Los Angeles. Jeez. And those truckers get paid well. I mean, I guess, but... Everybody else just has to hop on a plane and that, that. wear masks and douse themselves in alcohol. Bright look. <laughs> Jesse's trying to tell me that my Zoom is about to end and I'm currently working on it on my computer <laughs> and I don't want to say anything. Okay, so... Um, Brent, we're running out of time. I know we're running out of time. Brent said really screwed us this week. I know. <laughs> I'm trying so hard to fix this, and I just can't do it because I'm trying to record a freaking podcast. We lose Sid for one week, and it's back to mediocrity. Well, we don't have a Zoom account, so they won't let us even stream for 40 minutes. Come on. I mean, how long has it even been? What's it, 10 minutes? 
God almighty. Anyway, all right, so we'll figure this it's out. Been half an hour. Oh, it's been half an hour already? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess it is 40 minutes. Holy crap. All right, so next week is that clash at the Coliseum. Uh, so to preview so you better it, get on we better this. get on with this, or should we swap the Zoom over? You want to just create another room and we'll just swap it over? To, you want me to press pause on the recording or just... Yes, please. Okay, pausing. I don't know because... Okay, go. There we go. Okay. No, we were talking about, before we had to pause there, we had... Let's see, the next week... Welcome the, back welcome to back. the Begging Last Podcast. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the, the Clash at the Coliseum. Yep, so to preview... you're just joining us. Yeah, because we had to hit pause. So to preview it, we ran it on iRacing. Phil and I both do a lot of iRacing with our league. Jesse's really busy, so it's hard for him to make it. And I have no internet because I live in the woods and I suck at life and I can't get internet enough. Ter- that's, yeah. Terrible. I have crippling depression. I figured. Uh, and I, sp- and let's see. <laughs> I think I speak for at least Phil and myself when I say I, well, we think it's probably going to be a mess. Uh, you can't see out of the left side of the car. Uh, you can't pass unless somebody makes a mistake or somebody gets slammed out of the way. Super slippery, lots of throttle control necessary, lots of mistakes going to happen, maybe. That's a maybe. That might just be the programming of the game. Who knows? Uh, for those unaware, let's see. NASCAR and iRacing have a partnership that extends beyond uh, simply promoting racing, uh, be it virtual or real. It also uh, helped produce... It's got a virtual and technical like testing partnership, like a developmental alliance of yeah. sorts. Yeah, that kind of thing. And uh, they both work together to not only create the next gen car, but this track at the Los Angeles Coliseum as well in preparation for the Clash. Right. Uh, so, what the common person can buy through iRacing and use uh, as a consumer, I suppose is as close as anybody can get, essentially, try short of being in the race, really. Uh, For reference, Phil and I both run uh, virtual reality headsets. We both race in real life. We've both been on the service for, uh, iRacing service, that is, for at least a decade. So Uh, so hold on one second. I was was a beta tester. Yeah. So so are you saying that iRacing... Developed the next gen car in this racetrack. I believe they helped in both. Yes. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say they were solely responsible for making it. I just know that they helped in development. I don't know anything else short of that. Uh, I, I guarantee you they'll be help uh, used in the help of the development uh, or redevelopment, actually, of North Wilkesboro. It's very possible they have it in service. They're uh, they're probably already working on it. They've yeah. scanned the track already. Yeah, it's a lot already, of fun events yeah. there. They, yeah, they they know where the walls are. They're going to smooth the track out and recreate exterior buildings and all that for design. Right. Like it's not that big of a deal. Now, we ran a mock event in our iRacing League, and judging based off that experience, we feel like it has the potential to be entertaining. I don't mean to speak for Phil, but I really feel like we're on the same page. Um, but it, it's going to be entertaining in a primitive sense. It simply creates, in my mind, uh, unrealistic expectations for the new fans that NASCAR is trying to draw by running this type of event. 
it's going to uh, be bull ring racing. It, yeah. It's going to be street stock style bull ring racing. And here's the thing. It's kind of cheap because NASCAR brings these people in by giving them this kind of uh, exciting smash bang, you know, uh, shoot them up race cars. And then they tune in like the next week and they're at Las Vegas and it's Las Vegas. They're going after the Bowman Gray fans. Right. And the thing is, is that that type of fan will be there for a week or two until they see the rest of what you got. And then they'll go away because you offered them one thing and then delivered on something completely other than that for two thirds of the schedule. I I don't mind the idea of the Coliseum and what they're trying to do. I I think we should be at quarter miles and three, eight miles and and half miles. I think we should be running these tracks. I don't necessarily know that the cup series belongs at a track like that. I think that would be more suited for something like the trucks, which is what they started out doing. Yeah. But I think quarter miles and three eighths miles do have a place in the top three and we need to get back to that. I don't think so. But they're, they're doing it the wrong way. There's no way you, we can't even have 24 street stocks on a three, eight miles track. Without it being a total shit show. Let's also remember, though, Jesse. Right. <laughs> the way that we can't have forty track, cars. Right, but they're, well, they're not going to have forty cars. The field, I think, is capped at 20, 20 or twenty-four. Way but too if many you, cars. If, if you think about the new Cup car, it's a road course car. Mm-hmm. All this track is is two hairpins. So you're going to put a road course car on essentially a two corner road course. Right. These cars are going to handle it. It really is. <laughs> Think about it. It, it. it really is. It's Which way did they turn? Bro, it, it, left. I'm not kidding. It is a it's, hairpin. Like you're doing 30 miles an hour. It's flat hairpins. It, it's ridiculous <laughs> how slow and you have to wait for the car to point itself or you're just out of control. It, it's just like running one of these flat bull rings down here. It in the sounds south. like an act like, late model. You can't really hit the gas until the car is done turning. So, Actually, late model doesn't have any power. You can hit the gas on entry to the corner, and it'll keep going. That's true. <laughs> Clearly yeah. sarcasm, but right. I've I've driven one. They're anemic. They're for what they are. They're really kind of lame the to drive. They're probably a ton of fun to race, just like the sportsman cars that I have. But yeah, but that's that's another discussion. I mean, to move but, it. Go ahead. I, I just think with with all the suspension upgrades. And Dale Jr., he echoed the same thing that I felt when I drove the car on iRacing, which is hilarious to me. The car rotates and stays more level and in the track. Yeah. I think it has the potential to be a really good race if you have drivers that understand you can't just drive off into the car and drive into someone. Yeah. It's going to take patience. But, you know, I tried it on you a few times. You enter a little high, you can drive off across the rumble strips that they put in, get the car to de-wedge, and, and you turn the straightaway probably another 50 feet longer and get a really good run into the next corner. It can be done. Yeah, I'm just saying, is it? Yeah. Well, and also, that track is also a lot wider on when you get out there than uh, what the pictures seem to show. Everybody's panicking about how narrow it looks. It's really not that narrow. Uh, if you had to fit a couple cars wide, you could, like two cars minimum, especially we, in the we turns. Went, we went four wide in practice one time, and we were wall-to-wall. Uh, so yeah, the, I mean, Oh, yeah, we they, wadded them up. 
there's at least room to go four wi- four cars wide. It's not what you want to do, but there's the space for it. So that'll give you an idea of how wide it actually is. I mean, I mean don't get me wrong about the whole damage. Like we're talking about that, but it's probably the best possible event for the teams right now, um, except for the location. But because of car and supply shortages and the fact that these teams can't afford to lose inventory right now, and especially if they ran these things at a place like Daytona, uh, even though they could have done that, uh, they could have also run it with previous year cars and probably been fine and not worried about wadding them up. Uh, but I digress. Uh, I want to get into something a little more negative. So. Are, are we in full <laughs> rant mode right now? We're getting there. I'm going to walk into this one, though, I think. I, I just want to say one more thing, and that's that I don't think they're throwing away a single car after the clash. You, I think those cars will all be on the track at the next race. I, yeah, you better hope. I mean, <laughs> they put safer barriers around this entire track. I'm like, holy crap! They all, yes, yeah, yeah. sniffing markers like Jesse was just doing, and you he's waving some one of at this? me right now. It's like, I yeah, bet NASCAR... you all of those safer barriers were repurposed from Chicagoland. Probably, and they also uh, spent a million dollars getting this track ready. So let's see what I can't stand. Jesse can cue the music, and I'll probably just talk through it the entire time. Uh, are the media and executives who are saying stuff like, and Phil's probably seen this all over Twitter, uh, why be negative about it? They're just trying to reach a new market with bold ideas and trying to entertain. Uh, what I have a serious problem with people, especially media, saying, uh, well, if you don't go along with what they're trying to do, then we'll make you and you know, people look like or people like you out to be stupid. For example, someone like us uh, will compare what NASCAR, oh, we have compared NASCAR as well, uh, to what they're doing with this new clash at the LA Coliseum to the failed battle at the beach they ran in the old K&N series and modifieds on a temporary track on the backstretch at Daytona. And media members will downplay that comparison heavily and even with some snark to it using speech like, well, this is a different track. They're trying to expand the brand to more people in like the L.A. market. Why are you trying to ruin it? Why can't you support NASCAR, etc. of the sort? Sound familiar? Well, it sounds like follow the science, even though science is constantly evolving. And the only way it does is through scrutiny and questioning. Otherwise, we'd still be using cocaine, leeches, and whiskey as medical treatments. Uh, it's called the scientific method, and we were all taught it if you went to public school. Jesse has his hands up. Yes. 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 Uh... We don't do lobotomies anymore, do we? No. No, we don't do those. That's a really bad thing to do. Also, you should look up like videos up on YouTube, like how many times that Pfizer has sponsored the morning news. Because it's just like clip after clip after clip of like Pfizer and Johnson Johnson and Moderna and everybody else sponsoring the morning news. And this research also is easily... Uh, searchable is uh, their campaign contributions. So, oh, that's true. Th- those are easily researchable for every presidency. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Now we are negative about stuff sometimes because we've seen it before and we remember the outcome. We've even tried it on the same platforms that NASCAR themselves developed it on, and it wasn't really fun. Uh, we've seen them disguise attempts at gaining new audiences by bringing their products to alienate to well. To new areas with cheap, lowbrow descriptions and claiming it's entertaining while at the same time 
alienating their core audience by saying that crash bang short track stuff like this is what people want to see but we want to see good racing too not just beat the doors off someone and punt guys out of the way we want to see technical strategic racing as well i mean the wwe sells entertainment too but that doesn't stop people from calling that fake why in your collective opinion are we not allowed to criticize these types of things we criticize bad rules poor leadership weak ideas not to call out the responsible and make light of their failures but to show them that what they're doing isn't working and maybe accept that and go down a different route to correct it be careful what you wish for in the media especially because the next time you come out with some critical article or editorial about something other than this we're all just going to bombard you with comments like they're just trying to sell entertainment why can't you just go along with it now i am sorry everyone but I'm going to actually rant about stuff that's not really about racing like, you know, I have been for the last, I don't know, five minutes. <laughs> but I will tie it into the racing subject at the end. So I guess click the 30-second skip button a few times on your podcast player if you don't want to hear it. Uh, anyways, I'm just tired of drowning in the hypocrisy of the things that I'd have aforementioned of media and executives being critical of something. But the common person isn't allowed to be as just prototypical of society these days particularly things like the president calling a reporter a son of a bitch after a question at a press conference and not being lit up in the media as they try to justify doing it because it was a fox news reporter so the democrats just demonstrated and confirmed their own bs because supposedly they they hated the idea of fake news then treat what they consider to be the same thing the exact same way and now it's okay Let's play the obvious game of role reversal or swap parties and see how it plays out. Because you can't say we haven't already. So this is some kind of revenge thing or something. There are words to describe this. And it's called cognitive dissonance. And for those who are unfamiliar with what that term means, it's the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes. Especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. Rules for thee, not for me. Correct. That's why you vacation in Florida when you want mask rules for your state. Uh, it also looks incredibly hypocritical, and you cannot deny it. It's like crying out against discrimination, then openly discriminating against people who question your ideas. Like, what's going on with vaccines? And I know I opened a huge can of worms, and I'm sorry, but I will get it back to racing, I swear. Just go down this journey with me and pray that there's a guardrail. Uh, pre <laughs> people question those because of how ineffective they seem to be. Uh, and the lack of reporting side effects, but when they do or talk openly about different treatment they've had success with, they get labeled as misinformation. Imagine being someone in this country who thinks that a business is omnipotent and not subject to the Constitution when they do business in this country. Imagine thinking that silencing people who don't go along with what they're told is okay. You are being conditioned to be submissive. Just look at what they're doing with Joe Rogan right now. He's got a huge platform and his offering different highly educated opinions and they're trying so desperately to silence him he's not even right wing he isn't he's like left center he votes democrat he's had all these democrats on the show he has he's everybody asking of, questions he literally has everybody of every sort of spectrum on the show just to have a conversation and they try to vilify him for that most ridiculous thing i've ever seen in my life seriously he's i mean the guests he's had on lately have already been silenced and it's even happening in sports. 
uh, social media corporations silencing people who step out their line of thinking is bleeding into everyday culture in general. And not only that, but racing organizations like NASCAR and the media that covers it trying to stop opinions against what they think is in some small way proof of that. The racing media kissing NASCAR's feet about new ideas, quote-unquote, even after they themselves have seen the same basic thing play out multiple times in the past to abject failure, and now, since they want their job to survive, will not critique it. However, we've seen it change with time that NASCAR is a slave to the media now with the giant broadcast contracts it now relies on. Just remember... Dissent is the highest form of patriotism, whoever you attribute that to. And anytime someone is censored in this country for their opinion, regardless of how factual it is or whatever misinformation they spread, it is a direct violation of the Constitution, regardless of if a social media corporation are the ones silencing them or not. I figured I'd go to bat for old Joe Rogan there as a fellow podcast that has absolutely no draw compared to him. Which which <laughs> one do you like better? Do you like misinformation or do you like misdemeanor? I like oh, Chip. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to get epic background music this whole week. I haven't written a, a really uh, wandering... Is that the end of the, of the rant? Yeah, I've been done for like five minutes. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, I haven't written one of these like rambling, nonsensical rants in a long time. I think I'll just throw one out there and whatever. I figured I'd do one. I thought it would be fun. Nobody cares. <laughs> but I did tie Welcome back the to the discussion Making Less back podcast. In. Yeah, I figured I'd give you all a break to go get a beer or something. I don't know, some donkeys. Take a pee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I gave everybody a chance to take that a That was break. at least a five, six-minute rant. Yeah, I figured I'd write a big one that out this week. epic. Yeah, that's why we had the music Fantastic. on it, I guess. That's fair. I ran out of music. I had to turn it on the 24-hour loop. Oh, jeez. That's good. I didn't even know what that was. I wasn't paying attention at all. It's Requiem for a Tower. What? Requiem. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's like the, it's like the douchey music that every novice video editor goes to whenever they're making like a commercial or something like that of that nature. Oh, that's like I thought f- it was out of Call of Duty. Yeah, it's it probably it probably was at some point. Who knows? It's it's baby's first uh, music track, basically. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, why don't we go back into racing, because that's what we're supposed to be here talking about. Did we have some racing this weekend? Yes, we did, and oh, actually... That's fantastic. Our own Florida connection, Phil Jakes, took part in viewing it, not driving in it. So, <laughs> I wish. Yeah, we all do. Uh, it was the 24 hours at Daytona, the Rolex 24 hours at Daytona, Uh I believe the big story heading into the 24 was actually the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge race because Robert Wickens returned to competition three years after his debilitating IndyCar crash at Pocono in yep. 26. Oh, I'm sorry, 2018. Uh, he races now in the Michelin Pilot Challenge series, and uh, they he's he's in a Hyundai with co-driver Mark Wilkins uh, for the endurance races, and he finished on the podium in their first race, running with hand yeah, controls. He- had a great run. I think they both run with hand controls in that car. Do they not? They, I believe it's both? I believe it's dual setup, so you can leave the hand controls on, or you might okay. even be able to just take the wheel off and it just changes or something. I don't really know how it works, but I know that it can yeah. probably have dual controls, so that he can just drive it like a normal car. 
Yeah, for for some reason, I thought I was under the impression they both had disability that uh, required them to use the hand controls. I didn't hear that part, but that doesn't mean it's not true. So I'm just going to say... I, I could be wrong in just crippling an innocent person as well, so... True. Um, anyway, no, I think he's regularly abled. Is that what the term is? I don't even care. Uh, okay, so... Able-bodied. Yeah, there it is. Uh... Differently abled? No, we're normally able. Oh crap! <laughs> Some blue-haired person is going to give me junk now. Uh, okay, so I'll just go into some results because if you watch the whole thing, there's way too many storylines going well, on. Well, wait like, a minute. Oh, Why don't we God. talk about Phil's experience at the 24-hour? What the hell is he? Care? He was the eye in our street. He was this. He was our our eyewitness. He was the reporter roving through. He saw Phil, cars driving a- by his one position for 20. Hours. Cars went vroom, I went burr. That's basically it. It was <laughs> fucking oh, cold. Dude. Was it cold? It was. I'm still cold. Like, that is the <laughs> coldest I've ever been, and I fucking lived in New England for most of my life. How much snow did you have to shovel? <laughs> no, no bullshit. We were sitting at dinner on Saturday night during the race. Because uh, we usually leave at some point to go get dinner and just get away from the noise for a little bit. Um, and, and my friend Will's wife, Crystal, looked on her phone and showed all of us, and we could all verify it. It said 40% chance of snow flurries. <laughs> Too bad. That yeah, would have been absolutely. great to watch. It, it's been cold there before, but never never with the wind. I, 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 think- I would expect you to feel warmer after seeing what New England got. With our 24-plus inches of snow that we got yeah, on this side. six degrees See, at night. Like, a lot of people give me shit for saying that's the coldest I've ever been. A lot of people that have never been to Florida don't understand that the humidity down here makes 30 degrees feel like 5. Yeah, It that's is a, absolutely it's insane how much colder it feels. And plus, when you're already used to much warmer weather, you go out to something with a 40 degree 50 degree temperature right. change you're gonna freeze your nuts off yeah you know, like I, I, i'm nuts. fairly well acclimated to florida i lived down here for 10 years previously too and i've seen snow in florida i know it gets cold here but i mean that was, that was with cold. the wind coming down over the grandstands and all that it was cold it was minus seven when i woke up today yep we yeah, had negative it, temperature I woke up. Absence of temperature. I woke up on Saturday (laughs) morning. It was 82 degrees in my tent, and it was 26 degrees outside. (laughs) Your tent just had a heat wave, a little heat shimmer going over the top of it. No, I have a question for uh, Phil. My my buddy gave us some little propane space heaters. Absolute game changers. Tight. That's tight. Question for Phil. Yes. Did you see any falling iguanas? I uh, heard no, we that heard that the we heard that, that the iguanas were falling out of the trees. That's generally a South Florida thing. Where those yeah, are. I don't think that's a northern thing. I didn't know. The, the, I, the I, I don't know Florida how far up north they go. Yeah, the big Florida reptiles like the scary snakes and the nope ropes and all that they stay down south. Yeah, I don't know. It's just. Because it was thirty. Well, in how far down the shaft south still is it? Ninety in in Miami. Yeah, Miami's stupid hot, like all the time. Well, this 
that's another thing people don't understand about Florida. There's North Florida and there's South Florida, and there is a climate difference. I, I don't know what 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 how far down the shaft does the does of Florida does it change? Right around 50, About halfway, like the Orlando, <laughs> the Orlando area. Like you go south of the Orlando area in the middle of summer, it is drastically different than where I live, and it it'll blow your mind. It's, it's like walking no joke, into yeah. a swimming pool. Going from my house to West Palm in three hours in the middle of the summer, it's like you jumped into a pool as soon as you get out of the car. In West Palm. <laughs> it's weird. It's, ins- it, it's just so insane how much more humid it gets down south. Hmm. So. Anyway, all right. So, any other interesting notes uh, from Boots on the Ground? It was a. It was just a really great race overall. There was a lot of cautions, and I'm going to attribute a lot of that to just. Guys going too hard way too early. Um, cold not, tires? Well, cold tires for sure. And, and and I heard a bunch of people complaining about, oh, well, why don't they put it under yellow? Because they got cold tires. No. These are supposedly some of the best race car drivers in the world. I'm sorry if you can't handle cold tires for four or five laps, go drive a mini stock. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> you don't belong in a race car if you can't handle cold tires. Uh, yeah, there, it was incredibly cold, and I know a lot of guys are really struggling with the mold release and all sorts of stuff. I'm sorry, too. So. Mini stock listeners, we love you guys. Yeah, it's that not, was a, it's not a it's not a dig on mini stock listeners well, at all. That Just, was that was Phil. That's that's <laughs> you might want to go start at the beginning and relearn how to drive. Fair, I guess. Um, I mean, mini stocks are entry level, right? They're supposedly, I don't know. Supposedly, with their ten thousand dollar four cylinders. Correct. Uh, anyway, we should move into overall results because that's where I, we should be. <laughs> I, I will say one other thing. The GTD Pro finish. I, I did not get see to it that, in yeah. person, but oh my God. Street stock racing with $750,000 cars. Yeah, I was going to get to that one because I, I named that the race of the day. Uh, that that might have been the race of the weekend. It probably was. I didn't see the end of the Miata finish, but... The first race, they were four wide, four wide, almost coming across the line. But hmm. I still think that race was better because it lasted for six hours. They raced like that. Yeah, they were on each other the whole oh. time. Yeah, God, it, it, it was such a good show. You know, that happens a lot though with this race. Is that it, the finishes are closer and closer and closer? Uh, Phil, how many uh, how many stages was this race? One. They had no, no, just, just, no stages at all. Twenty-four hours. No, no, uh, no phantom debris cautions or anything like that. Or one forty to one forty. No kidding. No, none of it. And they had that close to a finish after twenty-four hours. I mean, imagine that. They had plenty of full course cautions, but well, yeah, you know, but but uh, but guess what, Jesse? Wow. You you better cue up your communism music because those two cars were the same exact car. I, I think uh, you this, didn't give me a chance yet. Is this some they kind were, of like Twilight? It was zone like thing? they were crate cars. Well, well, like you could buy explain. them straight from the factory like that. Really? Like what? And they put on fantastic racing. Yeah, but but do explain. Shocking. So so they were uh Bought the from driver the factory. matters. You bought it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to buy you time to find your drop. 
He's working on it. Yeah, I know. No. But seriously, my but my buddy Michael. <laughs> Nothing yet. God damn. Where'd it go? Strike five. My buddy Michael told me those cars are seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a piece, straight from the Porsche factory. That makes that makes that makes so much sense that cars that expensive would be communist because I just read that there's the BLM leader was got in trouble for buying a mansion up in Canada with all the BLM money, a bunch of it. And it's communism. He found it. I'm so happy for him. But, but seriously, like, to me that proves <laughs> the whole the whole train engine debate, whether it's good for racing or bad for racing, that's an entire car that is purchased straight from the Porsche factory. And there's two of them after 24 hours because they're identical cars with outstanding drivers. What happened to the rest of them? Did they all go to the Gulag? Did they all go to the Siberia? These are just the ones that didn't break. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) They didn't break, unlike communism's answer to the friggin' uh, Concord. I mean, there was was a Ferrari right there in the mix. I think the top four were within two seconds for the last... (laughs) four hours of the race it was a really really good race you want to know what happened to russia's answer to the concord what is is that uh they had one yeah they they always have something don't they they? did and great britain of united kingdom land they figured out that russia was uh stealing plans and blueprints and everything to try to get their own concord so they sabotaged their own plans and let them steal it and they left the (laughs) they left the fuselage weak right by where the cockpit is mean and and they just kept crashing and crashing and crashing (laughs) until until the until the the program just ran out of money (laughs) and then they just probably test pilots we don't want to do program no more What's your plan? That's German. What the hell's Stuhl. wrong? That's not even Russian. Did you uh, just say you want cider shit? Stool. I have no idea. It's. I would ask my wife, but I don't want to drag her into this one, so... All right, so we no were going to talk about results, I believe, at some point. Now that I found the button, I won't yes. stop pressing it. I figured, yeah. It's like a little child in a magic trick. Um, oh, look what I can do. <laughs> What's this one? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> I can't stop. All right. Uh, we were doing overall results. Now... The end was pretty interesting, except the DPI lead kind of stretched itself out. And But it's not the amount of lead who was interesting. It was who won. Uh, the Meyer Shank number 60 Acura with drivers Oliver Jarvis, Tom Blomquist, who, by the way, is the son of the original Stig, Stig Blomquist, who is the 1984 World Rally Championship winner, uh, Elio Castroneves and Simon Pagano. Uh, Elio Castroneves had the last stint and uh, worked himself up to almost a four-second lead over Taylor. And I think he just let the thing kind of close in. It was about a second and a half at the end of the race, probably because the two Porsches were wrecking in front of them in the bus stop. (laughs) 
But uh, he did end up winning. So Elio Castroneves was, again, the last driver with all those other guys. But fun fact, I believe it was in the last, I forget the statistic, it's 400 and some odd days, 446 days or something like that. Uh, he's won two Rolex 24s at Daytona overall, uh, Indy 500, and a Daytona prototype championship. Now, does he did he win uh, with Meyer Shank with all the other races? He won the Indy 500 with Meyer Shank. Yeah, I believe he won the DPI title uh, with Penske before he got booted for being too old. Yes, uh, it's funny. Simon a- Simon Paginot also drives or used to drive for Penske. Or he drives for Shank now as well. They're going to have a second car. In yeah, so so Shank is just picking up all of Penske's leftovers and doing very well and beating ass with it <laughs> it's funny because i've noticed yeah there's definitely a def, uh disturbance in whatever cosmic energy is going on because during the race meyer shank had a nice little fluff piece go on with nbc sports or whatever mm. and um i've heard numerous numerous podcasts talking about you know Meyer Shank and 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 how great of a place it is to go and everything. So he's really done a service. He's really I don't know maybe sold his soul to the devil or whatnot. But don't yeah, you have it, to? <laughs> but but uh, he's really on top of the mountain and his, his momentum can't be any better. Oh um, yeah, go ahead. I'll I'll talk about this at the end. All right, so we'll go to LMP two results. I'm only going through the results so that people can be like, oh, I didn't know that person was driving. But then again, you should have been watching and paying attention uh, if you're any sort of race fan. LMP2, uh, Devlin DeFrancesco, uh, Eric Lux, Patricio O'Ward, sounds familiar, and Colton Herta were part of that winning team. Uh, the move that uh, Herta put on that guy in the bus stop late in the race to get the lead from him was pretty uh, pretty damn good, and I don't fault him at all because the other guy went off, but Herta definitely had the racing line coming in. So it was a good move. And that's two, uh, two IndyCar guys too, uh, Pato Award and Colton Herta there. Potato. Potato Award, yeah. All right, so down in LMP3, we had a team of Gar Robinson, Philippe Fraga, Kay Van Berlo, and Michael Cooper won that division. I believe that's actually their second Rolex in a row in that series uh, for that uh, team. I think in LMP, whatever it is now, three. So they won last year, and they won this year too. So, And yes, there were more than two cars in the field. Uh, so it moves us on to the race of the day. This is a new division put in by IMSA called the uh, GTDP it is for pro drivers only, whereas the GTD has pro am drivers. Watch your profanity. What? GTDP. Oh no. <laughs> There's DPI as well, Jess. What does that mean? Anus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was thinking, no, forget it. Uh we'll move to shakes. <laughs> the race of the day. For Hours on end. It had to be at least six hours. The Porsches of Lawrence Vantor and Matteo Gemini, not French at all, um, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely battled for the class lead. And uh, they were still battling until they made contact at the newly named Le Mans chicane, which is it's the bus stop on the backstretch. Uh, 
with about five minutes left, or not even five minutes, it was like less than five minutes. I think it was. They like, didn't even take the white. They yep. they were coming to the white. They were coming to the checkered because they didn't take the white, but Helio well, was going to buy them. Elio passed the leader in that division or that whatever it is class you want to call it, coming through three and four. So yeah. he, if he didn't get passed, he'd had to take the white. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they were still coming to the white at that point, but then they got together and spun, and the leader didn't. He saved it. Uh, the Ferrari got by. <laughs> yes, those two. The Ferrari ended up getting by for second, but couldn't run down the leader. And uh, that team was with, again, Matteo uh, Jaminet, uh, Matt Campbell, and Philippe Nazar won this class. And I'm shocked that Philippe Nazar does not have a DPI ride. Like, it's weird because he's like former, former F1 talent. Uh, I mean, he's raced and won in everything. I don't know how he doesn't have a prototype ride, but mm, I don't know. So that brings us into GTD, which is, again, the same exact thing as GTDP, and uh, it's just the Pro-Am division where you can be a gentleman driver and buy your way in like every other form of racing. Uh, let's see. This team consisted of Ryan Hardwick, Zachary Robichon, uh, Jan Halen, and Richard Lights. So I don't know any of those names. So I have a I have a question. How was the how hard was it to watch this race? Uh from a standpoint of trying to get it into your living room. Because was, you had to start the race on NBC and then after that they took a break and went to Peacock and then they went to USA. Uh yeah. USA or something like that where yeah, you USA. had to wait until you had to find some. You had to wait until a lot of or reruns were were, were finished, mm-hmm. um, and then you had to go back to Peacock, and then you had to go to like CNBC, and then you had to go to like, and then you had to get preempted by some collegiate basketball game that's completely meaningless out of Division Two. Then schools. back to NBC. Uh, uh, I don't have Peacock. But uh, it's free. But then you can't. But how watch was the your race. experience on trying to just watch right. the Peacock race? So I thought I could that just written, watch it on NBC dumb. Sports, like the NBC Sports app, if I was you know signed up with a provider who displayed NBC, which I am. Yeah. Uh, but it kept telling me, oh, I couldn't do it. So I said, all right, f you, I'll just watch it on TV, and that was insufferable. So I said, to hell with it. I'm gonna go pay whatever it is for Peacock, and it ended up being like, I don't know, four ninety nine or something like that. It's like five bucks. I said, okay, the hell with it. So I'm like thinking to myself, okay, this is perfect. I can just stream it from here. No commercials, no nothing. I'm good to go. Wrong, it's because I put this race on for basically the whole twenty four hours, and I sleep with it on. I don't care if I wake up. At least I can get a status report. Uh. But with Peacock, even though it had a commercial-free stream and you could watch it on Peacock for the entire 24 hours, they still broke it up into segments that when that segment was over, it said, broadcast has ended. Thank you. And you had to go back through the Peacock app to find the next segment and click on that one. Well, that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, that's stupid. Because when back when NBC Sports Gold was still a thing, back when they had Track Pass and all that, like, I don't know, last year, you could just bring that up, play it, and let it run for 24 hours. 
Was the IMSA app not playing it? There was I couldn't find any videos or anything on it. Oh, okay. I know we had the audio up on our PA at the track the whole night so we could hear, you know, what was going on with the race and everything, but we never heard anything going on with uh with video streams or anything. Yeah, but again, how stupid is that? It's such a pain in the butt, you know, and you would think that sports is the most popular genre or whatever in primetime television. It's the but biggest draw, yeah. You, you would think it would be, but it's not really, actually. It's, uh, it's uh, of course, being America, and we're all stupid, it's drama. Yeah. Drama is the most yeah. popular genre in America. But sports is still a pretty big draw. It's still rather important to have sports on your channel. Um, but yeah, just ridiculous. Just I couldn't stand it. I'm like, Ugh, this sucks. God, you know. But it, I know it was like every six hours or whatever. But it's like I still shouldn't have to do this. <laughs> you know, why can't you just make it one, one and done, what click a and go? Pain in the ass, stupid shit. Yeah, like Flow Racing did it with Chili Bowl. You. Turn that thing on when they fired up at like nine o'clock in the morning and just let it run till what eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, whenever they were done. I mean, yeah. Uh, how do you? Can't be that hard. That's poor preparation to me. How or do you get rid of annoying sports, to be annoying? A whole sports network and then re- relinquish your coverage to mediocre cable sources. Good God, it's terrible. <clears throat> Ugh. So anyway, somebody without mediocre cable sources is the SRX, and Stafford announced that SRX is back this season for their second straight year uh, in more of, let's be honest, the worst-kept secrets in short track racing. Uh, To the SRX, if you're going to announce, quote-unquote, big news, don't post pictures of said news beforehand. In fact, don't post any teasers about big news because... They posted basically a picture of Stafford. Bro, listen. They, when they did, here's the thing. They also posted like <coughs> hints. So they put little guitars up and it's like, oh no, there's no way they could be going to Nashville. And they posted five checkered flags with a, with a car. And I'm like, oh, there's no way they're going to five flags in Pensacola. You know? And be- then the, the, between the schedule I'm just say, them going to Pensacola is going to be awesome. That's going to be great. Because that place is wore the fuck out. Oh, yeah. And, and those engines, they're going to be tearing tires apart. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that between the scoreboard and SRX race, Stafford keeping this quote-unquote secret is like... this The SRX thing was not Stafford's fault. I won't give them to that. No, I, I know, but it really is. It, they played it, into it quite a bit, which They, they said, help. oh, big news at the end of the month, blah, 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 blah. And then they're tweeting with SRX talking and, about what and are you it's doing not this a really, summer. It's not really a dig at Stafford, but listen, no. let me finish. What it is is... It's when you when you look at your girlfriend or wife or whatever, and she's got this big old Cheshire cat grin on her face or whatever, and she's glowing all over, and she goes, "Oh, honey, guess what?" And then, and then you go, "Oh my god!" Then I'm pregnant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And then you're like, "Yeah." I saw that. Yeah, comment. I could tell. Yeah. Yeah, easy. you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Worst kept secret ever. It's not a, yeah. You know something I'm still waiting for while we're kind of talking mm. about Stafford? 
they said in a tweet or someone someone with them said in a tweet you're not going to recognize recognize this place when you come back i didn't say it was his wife angry. i didn't say, uh, I didn't say it was his wife i'm just saying overall the producer has entered the studio Oh God! What do I we mean, do now? It's not like my girlfriends where I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad that you're <laughs> that I never made you pregnant. The first w- <laughs> the first words out of my mouth when she revealed the pregnancy test was, "Do that mean we have to get married now or what?" <laughs> it does now. You you put the seed in my daughter's belly. You she's, better get married. She's laughing because it's true. Yep. See hey, confirmation. That's true. I mean, yeah. like a house, pregnant, wedding, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You better marry my daughter. Do better do us right. I know. That's why oh, I, I thought did. that was a Kurt Cobain situation rather than that. <laughs> no, that's not what. No, that's not what it is. Sorry, wife, you can't hear that. Oh my god, I got you pregnant. <laughs> say, you wear, well. No, he's okay. We'll move on. Um. I will say Stafford is guilty, too. They posted pics of the old scoreboard and said there was a surprise coming. Well, yeah, you just told us in the picture. It's anticlimactic to just give it away, make people guess, be better at surprises, SRX and Stafford, and, well, most other racetracks, honestly, because it's more fun to guess than have you guys just give it away with hints that are way too obvious. Come on. You can do better than that. Don't tell us anything. You got to be better at clickbait. Yeah. Be better. <laughs> Phil's not chiming in. I don't know why I'm scared. <laughs> we have this event coming in in uh what is it? We got we got this event coming in July July 2nd and you'll never guess what it is. We had it last year. It made a lot of money on TV. Not money maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe for SRX. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm going to be interested oh, is to here. see what the TV metrics end up being in comparison to next year after this event, though. Well, we saw what last year's were, and they were fairly good. And I think people are, you know, it takes. They were impressively good for, yeah. for the first event. Well, here's the thing 1.33 million viewers. Yeah. So on, on, on CBS Sports. No, it was Network. just CBS. And CBS. Oh, that, yeah, that it was, was CBS. CBS. Yeah. But it was CBS. like it was off season, weird time, no other sports going on or something like that. I forget what it was, but anyway, it was still pretty good numbers, and I don't really care. That's that's really actually pretty good. Yeah, I just think it takes a year to get it like get the word out. You know, some people are just kind of dense and don't pay attention. That's three. So, oh, you're on three. All right, I'm kind of out of my water here. I'm, but uh, like I said, I'm pacing myself. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, anyway, if you were looking for that SRX schedule, we do have it, and we also have some uh, inside speculation also. So we'll go into the schedule. Starting June 18th, they're at Five Flags. Now, the first race is on the same weekend as NASCAR's, I believe, first off weekend of the year. So they strategically plan that one so that they could you know, pick up the bored race fan without something to watch at night, I suppose, which is a really good idea. Uh, June 25th, I believe it goes every week for six or seven. No, it's six weeks, right? Uh, so the next week, June 25th, they're at South Boston Speedway in Virginia. July 2nd, they make a return to Stafford Motor Speedway. Uh, July 9th, they make another return to Nashville Fairgrounds. 
Uh, and then July 16th, they go to I-55 Raceway for the first dirt race. I believe that's Kenny. <coughs> is that Kenny Schrader's track? Or does he not have, is he not involved with that anymore? I can't remember. I don't know if he's involved in it or he not. He loves all racetracks. I didn't know if he was actually involved in a track or not, but I, I, I thought that was it. it could Hold be, on, more details will come later. It could be somebody else. I, I think else. that's just him and Kenny Wallace's like home track Like now. stomping ground kind of place because it's close yeah. to them. Well, it, it's it's Federer All Parts Raceway, and that's who's been uh, Kenny Schrader's yeah, sponsor for life. Pretty much, yeah. So, so we'll just say that he, he might be helping, I don't know, in some way. Sorry if we screw that up. And then More on, details are coming. I'm Googling Just it. he's working on it. Uh, and on July 23rd, they go to Sharon Speedway. He is co-owner, uh, promoter of I-55 with Roy Ray Marler. Marler. Oh, Ray Marler, that's right. Whoever that is. All right, so I was half right. Uh, and then, again, the July 23rd, Sharon Speedway. It's another dirt yeah. track. That one, I believe, is owned by the Blaney family. So that's interesting. Yep. Dave Blaney owns that place. Yep. Uh, we are – I wanted to put this out there. Uh, collectively, because I speak for everybody apparently this episode, uh, we are speculating, perhaps without any real proof, but, hey, we just kind of dug this up out of nowhere – that Doug Kobe might be showing up in the SRX series, maybe just for the asphalt races. Not too sure. His schedule, his modified schedule, that is, has zero conflicts with SRX state until the first dirt race on July 16th, which, again, I said is I-55 Speedway. Uh, maybe he'll be coming out of the car and opening up a seat for Ken Schrader to run dirt events as a regular without taking up the ringer seat. Who knows? Uh, this is all obviously our speculation and we might be wrong. I think we know before Doug Kobe even knows what Doug Kobe's going to do. We know before SRX knows. Yeah. Somebody's just going to forward this to them, and they'll be like, yeah, we'll do that. That sounds awesome. We'll get some good views with that. Because that's how it works. We're that powerful. That's because um, we are psychic. Clearly, we got the speedball to change their schedule last year. It's too bad they haven't had one to change this year. Oh, yeah. Wait, that's still not out? No. What about the rules? No. Don't you go on Facebook. Didn't you listen to last week's episode? Yeah. Don't you go (laughs) on Facebook because all Facebook is is boomers posting bad memes. Um, That's pretty much all it is now. Uh, Anyway, we'll move on from that. So that's our speculation. I think it's kind of interesting. An interesting thought, at least. It would explain a lot, and it would be a really great opportunity for Doug. And I know Ernie, well, I want, Ernie Francis got a ride in uh, Indy Lights car for this year, I believe. I also up, wonder, so. yeah, he did. Of the yeah. SRX races, how many of those five uh, or four asphalt races conflict with wheel and modified tour races? In general, probably. I have no idea, to be honest. I didn't even look that up. I just kind of looked up Doug's schedule to just dig into this rumor that we're starting. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, maybe that could have been a deciding factor, and Doug got this opportunity, and that's why he's not going with the tour. And made I don't think even by... Doug Kobe cares about the tour. Well, yeah. he made his choice last year, obviously. Yeah, maybe. I'm just saying, like, let's start a rumor here. <laughs> I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It really does. And if it I, would, and, and, and honestly, I think Doug deserves it. It would be really cool to see him it also get de- that national recognition. It also because, depends on if they're going to compensate him in some way as well. So, which I have no idea what they would do. No freaking clue if they I do. Think, so, 
I think we're going to also hear Doug announce more rides in that 24 truck. I really hope so because he put in a really solid run the first time he ran it. I, I think I think something will come together. I hope so. It would be good for him to actually not age out of cars before getting a shot, you know? All right, so I think it's time, It's time, Jess. We missed it last week. Oh, damn it. Because, and I got to bring this rule up now, because we're not going to do, we've, we've made it perfectly clear to each other. We agree on it. We're not going to do any more DARF comment of the weeks that pertain to anybody commenting on Bubble Wallace. It's just far too easy, and we need to be more highbrow. Yeah, we need to actually <laughs> we need to improve our our quality of our content because you can't just pick the low hanging fruit. You got to go for the good ones. Uh, and this week is uh, actually an exception. On this week's Darf comment of the week, wrong one. <laughs> it's been so long, we don't even remember which one to play. I believe it's D, isn't it? Was it D or or was it this one? Uh, you want the D? Hang on. I... Definitely not that one. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but it reminds me. Oh my god! <laughs> Apologies, headphone users. <laughs> <laughs> you just got punked if you're wearing headphones. I'm sorry. That was not me. All right, so I believe it's theme D that we usually go for. Uh, no, I don't know. Hey, there it is. It's time for this week's makeup <laughs> dark comment of the week. God, that's an awful theme. It's so bad. It reminds me of like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, uh, if you do like one of it's the mini games or something, video game sound to it. It's weird. All right, so I, again, I didn't really do that great with finding a Darf comment of the week, but this one just kind of got to me, so I made it a blanket Darf comment of the week. So this week it goes to well, it easily goes to all the people commenting on any social media platform about the SRX race at Stafford. And saying that they'd rather see the NASCAR modified tour instead of the SRX race. Why? <laughs> Why? With you want to watch two hundred laps of single file modifieds? Yes. Yeah. And <laughs> I want to see how how many five fields that race is. Oh my god! Uh, it's at least fifteen. That's a callback. If you are a new listener to the show, welcome. Um, with all the open modified races that Stafford has, and to be fair, this area has, what's the NASCAR modified tour offer that's different than not only that, but in what way is it bigger than the SRX? The only thing it offers is the NASCAR name, and I don't think that holds any clout like it used to. Not anymore, because these guys bring national network television it's literally cbs not an offshoot of cbs it's cbs the same people who broadcast the first flag to flag 79 Tony Stewart Daytona alone 500. is bigger than the modified tour <laughs> yeah, that's Stop. yeah I, <laughs> I agree at this point uh anyway they bring in much bigger stars of the sport 
they bring in also a much bigger crowd than the tour. Face it, this is bigger, better, more popular, and has bigger stars than the NASCAR modified tour could ever hope to bring. Detach yourself from your unnecessary connection to NASCAR. Stop being an elitist and try enjoying racing for once. Branch out. Get some experience. Thoughts? I'm not going to say NASCAR is dead, but NASCAR's name doesn't mean as much anymore. It does in big league stuff, like the Cup yeah, Series. Like, but if other you're than comparing that, it to, to IndyCar and Formula One and NASCAR, yeah, then it means something. But like, to a short track racer? It used to. Generally, none of us give a shit anymore. Can we be I, fair? I, I don't. Can we be fair and say that as people who grew up in the heyday of the Winston era of the Nas- the National Short Track stuff, you know, the Winston Racing Series, I think Winston cared more about it than NASCAR did. I agree. Well, I think NASCAR is waiting for the next Winston cash cow to come, and it's just never going Winston come. It's understood never the marketability, though. Oh, yeah. Who the hell and else would use those the things? they understood the demographic. <laughs> I right. miss having a free country where we can have cigarette ads just fund everything. Yeah. You didn't have to smoke if you didn't want to. There's nothing saying you're required to. So you can make your own choices in life. We don't need the government to tell us. Don't get me started. Uh anyway, so yeah, that's our Darf comment of the week. Seriously, who who among you <laughs> would rather see the NASCAR modified tour instead of, I don't know, a guy who won four freaking Indianapolis 500s. And he's not even there to sign autographs alone. He's also there to compete. And that's just one guy. Give me a break. You're I, not... I love the modified tour, but at Stafford, 200 laps is way too long for modified racing. 150 life. is too many. Yeah. Because of how it, it fast just... they string out, and it's like, okay, bored. Yeah, it turns into a choo-choo race there really, really quick. That's what I mean, the the SRX race did kind of turn into a bit of that, and I think that's the general nature of that track with anything with a lot of power. Yeah, and you got to also remember, people were pointing that out. You know, people were pointing that out. And it's like, you know, they did change it. (laughs) They changed the SRX. They changed all the rules. They changed a lot of stuff as they went along to try to improve the product. How about you try it again? Because it's probably going to be different. Well, now they have some baseline setups for these tracks, too. Like Stafford, they have a really good setup now. Well, yeah, they've been there Yeah, now they have notes. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens when... Those cars are probably going to be a hell of a lot more sorted this this go-around. And they're not going to have as long a practice or qualifying or anything like that. And they're going to, you know... They're going to get the show moved along towards racing more. I know that they did that towards the end of the season last year. They really went out and tried to improve the racing product. I mean, I think they did, what, 15-minute heats last time? That was so long. Yeah, and they cut it down mid, mid-season, mid I think. They yeah, they cut it down to like 10 minutes or something. Yeah, they, 10 or 5 minutes. They trimmed them a lot. And I'm like, good, thank you. That was terrible. I, I like the SRX a lot. The only thing that I wish really is that well there's two things i'd like to see a 10 race schedule and i'd like to see 20 car fields yeah but you gotta let them build their brand up a little bit i think it's uh 
probably right. difficult enough to put out what they put out now. So, no, I agree, and, and I know a guy that worked with SRX last year, and I've heard that it it's a very very small tight operation there. So I, I definitely get keeping it small right now. Yeah, as they grow. If it grows like IROC did at one point, then we'll probably see something like that. But we got to get there first. So we'll buy supply tires. Well, they I don't know. They they gave them a lot more horsepower than tire, so that helps. But anyway, I think I'm all out of notes this week because we are really going. Except for Bubba Pollard won Speed Fest race at uh, Crisp Motorsports Park in Corderell, Florida. That's another of them. S, Georgia. Uh, I'm sorry, Georgia. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it's another one of them super late model races that's starting to gain a lot of notoriety. So Georgia is Diet Florida. That that track in general is starting to really gain a lot of notoriety. It it oh. kind of was off the map for a while. I think it was even closed at one point, and it's gotten really really popular. I hope the Wheelman so. Series went up there. Patrick won up there uh, the first time they ever went, uh, and they have a lot of pro and super races now. So it's that's, a cool track. That is good. I'm glad to see tracks come back and thrive. It's good. Hello. Producer Junior has entered the studio, which means we are at the end of our show. All right. So you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast, YouTube.com slash Sid's View when the, the local season probably is going to start up or oh, we'll figure something out there. Oh, so. Poop. Boy, get away from there. I'm trying to do the end. Shake it, baby. And uh, let's see. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrentGleason01. You can find Phil at? Uh, you can find me at, at PJXRacing on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also find me on YouTube. Oh, yeah. You can find me at YouTube.com slash BrentGleason as well. So, uh, Jesse, you can be found at? Come get some. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, so, Raji, how do we end the show? Please do it nicely, I beg of you. Keep, keep the so downstairs, and thank you for listening. Perfect. Groovy. Thank you for listening, everybody. I appreciate it. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>